0: Redundancy Radio is a series of podcasts by me, Liv Siddle, in which I talk to people about their jobs because I haven't got one. Hi and welcome to this episode of Redundancy Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm Liv Siddle. And I'm not going to do a sad and self-deprecating monologue in this episode like the ones gone by because I feel quite happy and I've had a very good week, uh, mainly because I started it by going around to my next interviewee's house and recording this very podcast, which I'm very pleased with. So to set it up, when I was thinking of who I wanted to interview next, I looked at my list of potential people and I was thinking to myself how I wanted to speak to someone whose line of work was sort of more current within the modern world rather than someone who was sort of looking back on a lengthy career. So I got in touch with uh, someone called Raven Smith, who used to be commissioning director at Nowness, uh, and he's now gone freelance, and he runs one of my favourite Instagram accounts. I actually got in touch with him via Instagram, uh, and I got in touch with him because last week he actually tweeted that someone saw him in the street and said, that's that guy from Instagram, which basically means Raven is Instagram famous. So congratulations, Raven. His account is called Raven Smith, and it's basically a collection of images uh, that celebrate the sort of hysterical ridiculousness of celebrities uh, while using kind of excellent copywriting to make the audience relate to it it's very very funny kind of like pop culture comedy which has become really big on Instagram a lot of accounts do it where they use celebrity images to kind of convey um, like how much your own life sucks Um, I'm going to scroll through it now there's lots of pictures of Monica Lewinsky lots of Princess Diana Uh, Loads of Leonardo DiCaprio Particularly in Romeo and Juliet Lots of Sex in the City pictures Um, Particularly Carrie and Big Or sometimes just Miranda Not much Charlotte Um, Pictures from Friends The Simpsons, Mulder and Scully There's a lot of celebrity couples in the 90s Lots of Salvador Dali and Hockney Um, there's one of Mr Blobby sitting on a plane that's captioned with when you take a Valium on a flight but you're still awake so you can't really explain this kind of stuff on a podcast it's ridiculous you have to just look at the Instagram yourself and see it I wanted to talk to Raven about how he runs his very successful Instagram account alongside his job and how the Instagram kind of feeds into what he does and what he can offer brands but also I wanted to talk about when he was commissioning videos for Nowness and generally just what he does now as something of a kind of art director brand advisor and trend forecaster uh, in the modern world. So, yeah, Raven's great, and thanks for listening. You're gonna really enjoy this, I think, especially if you like Princess Diana. <laughs> Even?
1: Hello. <laughs> <Have> you... <laughs> Good morning.
0: Takes a bit of time to get used to the long mic.
1: Yeah, I quite like <laughs> I'm just not looking at it. What long mic? It's a bit dildo-y, isn't it? A touch. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs>
0: Thanks for having me round your house. Yes, you're in welcome. In Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, obviously, you're sort of like a, a content expert in a way you Mm -hmm. make you've been making content for a long time for different people you know a lot about people who make content you kind of you're a bit of sort of like a curator I suppose and I wanted to understand how you got from sort of being a teenager really or that kind of time in your life to Mm -hmm. sort of your through your 20s and stuff how that career progressed and kind of I guess you came into it just as the internet and content was becoming a thing was that right
1: yeah I guess well my twenty, my twenties, my early days. Yes, yes, yes. But I think when I first started at nounless dot com, which is was is a, is ne- is a luxury was at the time. I think it was a test to see if luxury could work online. Mm. I don't think it had ever really been done. Luxury fashion, luxury like jewelry, all that stuff had never really been a, a, a success in a in a digital way. It was always about the service, the feel of the fabric, et cetera, et cetera. There was no net apporte at that time, et cetera, et cetera. So it was kind of a test to see if we could take this very kind of in real life experience and put it online and I think we achieved that so as part of the process of working out how to do that and making developing a strategy to do that then developing content that fits into that strategy and a kind of programming strategy to roll that out was a kind of baptism of fire but actually created a a kind of case study for how we we can now get brands online in a kind of what 's interesting really now is that brands want to start online and then, and, and I think that 's been the major sea change that when i 'm researching the first thing I do is look at someone 's Instagram, so mm-hmm. if it 's like this new brand i 'll look at their Instagram before I google them that 's be the first thing that I do. so I think yeah. that new way of um, everyone 's on, on instagram that 's the first port of call cool. that 's the biggest sea change, but actually, since this is my big thing that i love to say but since the since the cognitive revolution so <laughs> since we started thinking in a pattern uh we've all wanted stories and actually yeah digital is is the you know digital is the new way that we get those stories but ev- we we are just as humans trying to put things in a sequence in our heads and i think tel- that's that way of telling a story that story that understanding of a brand is what it doesn't it is the same as trying to work out what like drawing on the wall of a cave and showing the world around you we're just trying to tell the story it's just a new way of doing that yeah it sounds so (laughs) it's so weird to say drawing in a cave but it's true (laughs) it's like you know i I, you know i i i meet so many people who are sort of bemoaning the end of civilization because we're all living online in this on uh, you know looking at the palm of our hand but actually for me it's just a new way of telling stories
0: yeah When you look at a brand and you do check out their Instagram, um, if you suspect they've bought loads of followers, what what do you think about that?
1: I don't suspect that people have bought followers. I I don't know, because it's just one of those things that it's like... The numbers actually don't matter to me. That's, Mm. I mean, when I'm looking at someone's Instagram, what matters, it does to brands. And if they're trying to hire influencers, yeah, the numbers are really important. And how engaged those people are is is kind of more important. But for me, it's more about like the quality of the posts and whether they're consistent and whether, I think most people feel like we're quite smart as audiences now. We know if we're being sold to. So if I'm following Louis Vuitton, it's because I know that they're going to, show me their products and yeah. I'm okay with that and I don't need a kind of l- a layer of kind of circumnavigating that I'm f- totally fine with that if I'm looking at like someone who I think is an influencer or influential or interesting because of the of their lifestyle right, then there's a kind of different game at play
0: yeah
1: but most people you'll find I'll find I, I did loads of research into like millennials and how the, what makes them want to buy stuff so <laughs> yeah well I'm s- I want to hate them, but everything I read, I was like, yeah, that's me. Gosh, wow. Okay. So I think (laughs) we all want that feeling of having discovered something for ourselves. And actually that's what, that's the key to me making you want to buy something. If that's what my role is in the, for the, the brand is, it's about discovery. You want to feel like you're an individual that's discovered something.
0: How do you go about
1: doing that? (laughs) Um, You know, for me, it's about getting products at a very business level. It's about getting products into your stream, but not via the brand itself. Which basically means an influencer type strategy. Got it. Whether that's... I, I think influencers become a dirty word just purely because it seems it's the new way of saying blogger and blogger became a dirty word as well. It just Mm -hmm. becomes this thing where once you've got a name for it, it seems... I don't know.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Because there's a lot of dirty words. Content, blogger, influencer, millennial, millennial pink. Everything's kind of tainted with everyone like, oh, for fuck's sake. But then everyone you know I'm the same I'm like oh my god that's so annoying but then like I'm into I'm in I'm it as well like everyone's it and it's kind of hard to admit that you're it you're doing it but everyone is
1: right yeah totally I think we're all it's just the kind of the way that we're used to and I you know I was working for Smyson and basically looking at travel for young people trying to get a very old heritage brand with a load of kind of you know they did the queen's diary they did diana's crest for all of her writing paper like they're a cook like for people of of our age they're like they're cool because they've got heritage and it's about trying to get that heritage in front of younger people and getting them to understand the history but also make it a kind of make that an essential purchase rather than something a gifting brand basically um but as part of that research we were looking at travel and and the, this whole thing about i thought i was so special in whenever i'm sent on a work trip that i'll take an extra day to like go to the museums and all this stuff it's like actually everyone's doing that yeah but well, i'm not special <laughs> the whole millennial mindset is i cuz we have baby boomer parents they've told us we're special and individual so we all think that we i genuinely think i'm individual <laughs> and then i read all these papers that all of my behaviors are are collective Totally. <laughs>
0: Even something like... I, I found recently I was, um, I was really starting to crave like, buying those corduroy clothes. Uh-huh. And I couldn't... And I was like, yeah, I, 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 I'm the one that's discovered <laughs> yeah. that corduroy is cool again. So I was buying those corduroy clothes. Like, oh, my God. Then I started seeing other people wearing corduroy and I was like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. They must be on it as well. But it's like you, you're constantly being tricked into thinking that you are... Not tricked, but lured into thinking about that you like something, right?
1: Well, I think trend if for want of a better word it's such a small cycle now yeah it's tiny so in a way that it was like i remember when i was in like sixth form uh, looking at in the face looking at pictures someone had taken at m M&M concerts of of youth 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 of young people at m M&M concerts and that trickling debt, like, like that evolution of young people all wearing the same thing like that subculture basically yeah. subculture which is a bit of a another dirty word because it's just culture culture <laughs> but um the idea that that would be that Eminem would have a would come out as an artist and that would take what 18 months and lots of people you, do you know what I mean yeah. that, that you would get all your information from MTV or the papers etc etc and that the process of people starting to dress as at, like a pop star, all that reciprocal relationship, you know, was much longer. And now it's like everyone's wearing cord. Yeah. And has been for three months, and then and in then a month gone. you might not be wanting to wear cord. Yeah. <laughs> so like the
0: um, like the fuzzy jackets, the fuzzy coats. Absolutely, yeah.
1: and I think we we are also completely okay we want new stuff in our feed every day now Mm -hmm. so actually Trent, you can't have the same thing in your feed for six months which is how it used to work do you
0: ever get annoyed with your phone do you ever feel like you're on it too much or do you you get frustrated
1: constantly yeah um i read that you know what was that book about tidying up and you had to be like does this bring me joy about everything in your wardrobe and your life and sometimes i'm like this is bringing me joy when I'm on my phone. And follow. Yeah. <laughs> I just, um, I don't know. I don't think any of us are above that, like, you know, the hot, you know, these, they're, they're built to kind of give us endorphins, these yeah. programmes. So I don't think you can avoid it.
0: And anxiety. Yeah. Oh my,
1: well, yeah. Yes and no. Yeah. I think I, yeah. No, well, I'm more focused on, I notice it when it's positive and then sometimes I'm like, I just don't really want to be on this today,
0: yeah, and that control is very important. Having that ability to be like actually not today.
1: It's a funny one because I don't sort of secretly hate it. I'm quite happy to to be on online and share that. I don't really. It's not a, a concern for me. No. About sharing so much.
0: What year was it when you were like eighteen, nineteen?
1: Yeah. What, what in t- what year in time? Yeah. It, when was I nineteen? <laughs>
0: Or like what was happening in the world when you were
1: 16 on millennium night oh. so <laughs>
0: what did you do on millennium night oh
1: my god i went to the stein in brighton and watched the fireworks that's it at
0: 16 <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it was cool <laughs> i yeah i probably stayed up till like one o'clock it's so funny, it seems like a long time ago.
0: So you must have been like 21 when, or maybe 22 when, you know, social media started really happening a lot.
1: Yeah, and, but, yeah but it wasn't, social media was something that you went to a desktop and looked at. Like I remember going on MySpace in the library at college. It mm. wasn't like a daily thing. Yeah, It was not, I, there were no alerts for your social life. Do you know what I mean?
0: Were you quite big on MySpace? <laughs> no,
1: I don't think
0: so.
1: <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I've logged back right into it the other day. The pictures are horrific.
0: Oh my God, you can't delete them, can you? I,
1: don't, I didn't try. I was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> it's so funny though, because you're... it. You know, I think that time... You know what the big difference was? You would get dressed to go out at night. Mm. And no one would see you in the day. And now it's about how you look a lot more of the time. So I've been teaching at um St Martins and I've been teaching at at uh, Chelsea and you can really tell that people are kind of photo ready. They're mm. not like and also the new photo ready is not about being dressed up. It's like there's a casual yeah cool yeah you can take my picture I look alright but it's not like I'm really done up. It's So really much pressure. <laughs> 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 it's just how people it's just it's been it's like you, you're projecting that image a lot more of the time. Yeah. Whereas I would get dressed up to go out. That yeah. would be like, I've got something to, I buy clothes to go out in and now I buy clothes to, for all round. It's different.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so your Instagram account, mm-hmm. um, which is just oh, Raven, so. Raven Smith, Raven underscore. Raven
1: <laughs> underscore, underscore Smith. <laughs> Two underscores.
0: When did you... I mean, you've got... How many followers have you got? It's like... like 30, 35K. thirty-five k. Yeah. 35,000. So it's not like stratospheric, but it's no, big.
1: It's big and it's real. I think that yeah. for me is like, you know... And all, all of the people that follow me, they kind of get me. It's yeah. not like a big influx of random people. No.
0: And that's what I like about it. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Because it is one of the only Instagram accounts that has loads of followers that is genuinely... It's quite pure, actually. Mm. It's your humour. You can kind of get quite a, a good understanding of who, what you're about even though you're just kind of posting pictures of people from sex in the city and stuff when yep. did you begin using <laughs> your instagram account as something where you it's not too personal but you're kind of using it as like a little bit of a side project
1: um since i started it i i don't know i have this really good friend anna and she's always like the first one on the social platform and she basically showed me the ropes, and she was like, oh, it's like this, and then you like other people's stuff. I remember when she told me Facebook, and she was like, and then you poke people, and I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when I first started my Instagram, it was like just trying to show off my life, like really, I don't know, whatever. But it just grew into, I just, I don't know. I feel like what's good about my Instagram, what I, why I like it, is that it gives me an opportunity to talk about all of this stuff we're talking about mm-hmm. in a, in a more kind of in in an easier way to digest in a less serious way right I think there's a there's a part of it which is very I'm trying to talk about what the human condition Mm. that's it
0: but it's very well done because it's just it's a picture of someone from pop culture that we all know and like or find funny and then the caption that goes with it is kind of reflecting back on us how annoying we are yeah. It's kind of <laughs> But also how annoying you are. You're kind of taking the piss out of yourself oh, yeah. and us. But that's what's quite nice because I find a lot of social media is so po faced and like cool and boring. Mm-hmm. And there's there's barely any humour in it, apart from people who sort of like fuck Jerry or yeah. or you know, Brown Cardigan. There's not much but your humour is much more sort of um I don't know, it's quite different to other people's. It's
1: really personal I, I think, you know, all my good friends would say that i this is what I'm like in real life like it's kind of self-deprecating I do I I do take myself really seriously but but I also realize that that's ridiculous it's it it, it's honest in its kind of reflection of what it's like to be 34 in 2018 like that's it (laughs) so I think you know I I understand that it's you know most of, like, in a way, everything's futile because we're all going to die, right? So everything's ultimately a failure or everything we try and achieve will fail. So it's kind of like looking at that in a way that is... When I was, you know, when I was at university, I was studying photography. I made a whole series of works about how everything is eventually going to be a failure because we're going to die. And which sounds so serious and morbid, but it was really playful. It's like me in a bin, me, like, trying to navigate through the city and having all these problems navigating life and I think I think the reason people get behind my Instagram is because or get into it or like it is because it doesn't it's not trying to portray this kind of like glossy idealized life it's trying to be honest about it's but it's also not like Che Guevara do you know what I mean it's not trying <laughs> to be like <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not it's also not trying to like ch- make change anything it's just a reflection it's like this is how I feel about these things today and also have you noticed your that everything we do is stupid this is ridiculous
0: it's so relatable also there's just you know there's posts about you know there's hangovers or there's like just frustration or there's some political stuff but mostly it's just kind of taking people that we like isn't like there's a lot of Romeo and Juliet in there there's a lot of Daniel DiCaprio there's a lot of people that keep coming up in it yeah Uh, I kind of made a list actually I don't know what it is Princess Diana. Diana. It's gotta be.
1: <laughs> but I taking pictures cool of off Diana. From Diana. Because it, when it was the anniversary of her death, I was like, everyone, everyone's. I had to cool <laughs> off. Because <laughs> it was everywhere.
0: But taking a really. Everyone. People are raised like Diana because she was a bit of a rebel. And she mm. is this kind of like really stylish, amazing, rebellious woman. And we kind of. We like that as as a, as a whole. Yeah. So taking a picture of her and then putting a kind of. Depressing comment about how you're feeling that day. It just works. It's like a weird formula. Yeah. Why? Why do you love Diana so much?
1: Oh, good question. I think. Um. Why do I love Diana so much? I was. I, do you know what? I, I, I. It wasn't even like I was distraught when she was when she passed away. She's just a pop culture icon, and I think I'm really interested actually in these. Like any human, like I have this thing that most of the best, all the best people are actually kind of have this, have this like star facade, like this glamour, but behind that they are really, there's a load of turmoil. And if you think of all of the best pop stars are like that, everyone's like, no, Madonna's nuts. And everyone's (laughs) like, (laughs) no, Michael Jackson was nuts. Like you kind of want that. That thing yeah. of, like, they can pull out a show, but behind the scenes, it's, like, me- like mania, me- whether it's creative mania or not. And I think Diana represents that idea. Like, she had a really, like, she was... She struggled with all of the stuff, mm. and then she'd just, you know, get that hair big and go out. So <laughs> I, I kind of love that. That's part of the reason that I think that she's a successful kind of icon. And I, you know... On a deeper level, yeah, she changed the monarchy, blah, blah, blah. Great. Yeah. Good for her. But then I suppose a lot
0: of the celebrities you post up, like the Olsen twins and stuff, it is that kind of, it's kind of what we're all doing as millennials or whatever, where we're kind mm. of pretending everything's fine, but actually you can tell behind their eyes, they're like, get me out of here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just, um, I honestly think it's just part of being human. It just happens that we're kind of talking about it more. I don't know. The, what's the point of it all? What's mm. the point of everything, right? <laughs> Do, when are we going to work that one out? I don't know. Never. Um, there was
0: also, I, I've enjoyed like scrolling through your like, enormous Instagram before yeah. this. And there was, there was, sometimes you kind of latch on to things that happen in the news and you keep yeah. going on about it. Like, there was a time when, <laughs> when Harry Styles was lifted into the air oh on a crane <laughs> and was... you were just like jackpot.
1: <laughs> like just, that was bizarre. It was, amazing was he filming a music video? That. Yeah, he was filming a music video. And the music video is completely like a legitimately <laughs> nice video. It, yeah. But he just kept putting that. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I just, I love, uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was so funny when they had the dummy of him that they were just flying over <laughs> Scotland. I just loved it.
0: That bizarre element of celebrity where it's just a bit off kilter.
1: Yeah, and also I just, um, because I've worked, working in commissioning films, I Ooh. just can't imagine that, <laughs> p- yeah, I can't imagine that pitch of like, you're just going to, fl- and then you're going to fly over the landscape.
0: Yeah, and he's like, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, cool, and everyone's, everyone in the set, everyone like working on it is very serious, like, and one, two, three, yeah. up he goes.
1: <laughs> and now pretend that you're flying, and then we'll, and then we'll get the dummy in. I just love. I don't know. I I love that idea that like when you reach a certain level of fame as well, you're surrounded by people that, say, like, that tell you stuff's cool. Mm. That say yes. I'm not yeah. saying that's not cool, but like I I like the idea that you're surrounded by yes people, and yeah. I just wonder how that atmosphere works <laughs> when they, there's not that moment. Someone's like, "I'm are, you, are, you, are we sure this is?" Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. how you get to that point, and and also just how how bru- like I've worked on. You know, when you look at projects, it's really hard when you're working with a really old brand, which I've done before with lots of different brands. It's really hard to get to do a sea change and to make something that is actually really cool mm. that hasn't been compromised. It's really, really hard to do that. Why? So Why? Because I think I I think I can come up with great ideas that that are current. I don't know. I think a lot, yeah, what's what is it? I think what I'm you know the 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 skill that I'm trying to hone is making something that feels brand new but is also um has heritage and you can see that on my Instagram that is that's all it is it's taking something from that you know and giving it a modern twist and that's you know it's really simple but it's really honest and I you know it's not like a magic formula but it's Mm. I make it my own and I think that's it and I think you know what's been good about my Instagram is that it People look at it and they can tell that I know how to talk in a way that resonates with you today. It doesn't feel like I'm talking down to you or showing off. It's just kind of, it's kind of peer-to-peer. It's, mm. It does feel kind of like we're all on the equal playing field on Instagram.
0: Do you feel like Instagram has actually recently like, helped your career? Anyone, has anyone, has any brands got yeah. in touch through loads. Instagram?
1: Yeah, yeah, I get loads of stuff on sliding into my DMs. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, um, I think, yeah, it's really... I think, like, either you get it or you don't. And if you get it, and then you know what I bring to the table mm-hmm. when I'm working with you, that it's not going to be... It's going to be cool because it's not trying to be cool, yeah. in a way. Um, it's not, tr- And I, I guess that's true about the work that I made at Nowness. It was definitely... Well, obviously, I oversaw all the commissioning, but the stuff that I, com- that I commissioned myself, that I rolled out, the series that I oversaw um specifically they just have that kind of there's a it's not just an easy watch there's a bit of discomfort there's a it's like beautiful and grotesque it's like a tension between the two of like nice and like support challenging and nice yeah and entertaining
0: so you worked on the um, the series My Apartamento, right?
1: Yes, yeah, for yeah, Apartamento
0: yeah. magazine. Yeah. Such a good series. With them, so simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
1: With them. Um, no, it was just one of those things where we were. I really wanted to see their magazine in the film. Mm. That aesthetic, that new way that we all live now, which is kind of like vernacular. It was a vernacular series, but like organized mess. It's so funny how we live in organized like. Quite nice mess, <laughs> like art-directed mess is like how a lot of people live like people live today. And I think we had an architecture series that's much more about like the dream home. And this was much more, and uh, my Apartamento, the magazine's much more about how people live, how creatives live today. Mm. So developing a series with them that's like still running, but not yeah, I mean, still running on Nowness, but not with Apartamento anymore.
0: Right, got it. Did you have to say <laughs> to the people before you went round? don't tidy up no no
1: (laughs) no but you know that's about (laughs) like how clean is your house don't clean your house no it's like um (laughs) as part of the manifesto it's about which which characters are the best who are the best subjects for this Mm -hmm. who it's not who has a great nice house and not who is a great nice personality who who has both of those things um And that's specific to that series.
0: Did you go to David Hockney's house?
1: Well, yeah, but he doesn't live there.
0: No, I know. (laughs) I was
1: wondering. (laughs) He doesn't live there. So basically in like the 70s, David Hockney owned a one, like a studio where he lived in Notting Hill. Is it Notting Hill? Um, And then he bought the place next door and then he and the place upstairs and they knocked it through and then they redid it and the architect that did that chike he um now owns it
0: yes that's so we it went i remember to see
1: him there him and his wife who live there now and they you know knew Hockney, oversaw the designed the new flat etc it's beautiful
0: i have never seen anything like that it's before it's the most
1: beautiful house i've ever been in i've
0: never i've never <laughs> had like right, i've never had envy that turns into anger yeah
1: i was like how can I get into this family and inherit this house? <laughs> the answer is, I can't. Their There's kids, no way in. And also, their kids are, like, really cool. I don't want to... <laughs> they deserve that. Their son's like a war reporter. I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to marry into this family just for the house. You, you guys, you've got it made. They're really good company. Yeah. And they have that kind of thing that slightly older people have, where they have, like, rules that you're like, that's cool. So she, the woman, <laughs> she was going out. Melissa's going out and she had a hat and she was like, I never go out without a hat. And I was like, well, neither do I now. It was like, <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. That sounds like a good rule. So that kind of like...
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good, mm-hmm. isn't it? Have you got any rules?
1: Ooh. Oh. No. the hat one now. <laughs> well, I always have a hat. No, I don't. What for? No, I don't. <laughs> I've always wanted to be more eccentric, but it's just not, it's just not who I am. It's funny, isn't it? Because I know some people who are quite like, have those en- en- eccentricities mm. and I'm like, oh, I think I'm quite normal. Oh, I think it's pretentious. Yeah. But and I, and I, and whereas they're like, it's pretentious, I don't care.
0: But I suppose eccentric is just having like patterns as well. It's like kind of sticking to a thing Like I only eat this bread. I only wear hats when I go outside. I only stay at Claridge's. I only. Yes do this i only have i have a few of those
1: (laughs) (laughs) i have a couple of those yeah maybe just one or two (laughs) i have but i'm also a real creature of routine which is Mm. why going freelance has been such a weird like it was a kind of really weird step because i'd be like get up really early go for a swim do my stretches have a cup of coffee have a cup of tea Mm. have a diet coke like that would be like i'd have like days that didn't start like that felt a bit (laughs) off yeah <laughs> but being freelance has been it's been a, pro- a process a journey but it's wait been, how long has it been sorry it's been like a year mm. almost a year and two weeks so I, I left now and it's right at the end of 2016 so I, I left for Christmas and didn't go back um and I didn't and I went into a kind of regular freelance gig three days a week like mid-January so actually I've never been full freelance i've never been in like i don't know what's (laughs) happening next week until this year i've always landed on my feet right so i'm just i'm not sort of i don't know it's a lot of energy to worry Mm. i find and actually i i honestly think in three weeks i'll be like oh i remember when i had no work it's so nice so Mm. i think um just something always happens
0: when you haven't got much work on what what do you are you able to cope with that or do you find yourself sort of scurrying about looking for new work or can you be like right i'm going to have two days of going to galleries and having a nice time or how can you control that feeling of not knowing what you're doing
1: a lot of my work with my coach at the moment or has been about control basically mm. that you just can't control it <laughs> you can't so most of the i just letting go of control is actually the best like been the biggest thing for me since, since I left Nounis, just being like, actually I can't really be in control of anything that happens.
0: That's quite a nice way of looking at it. (laughs) I've always
1: been very extreme, like I've always been like, because I feel like I think a lot, I've always been like polar opposites on stuff. So before I'd left Nounis, I was like, I either stay in this job, which uh, doesn't have the growth for me that I need, Mm -hmm. and is feeling, starting to feel like it's not going to grow in the way that I need it to, or I go freelance and I end up defunking on my, Mortgage and have to leave my house. Yeah. I was like, it's one or the other. My coach was like, what about all the stuff in the middle? And I was like, oh right, there's this whole <laughs> middle ground of not extreme anything. It doesn't have to be extreme wow. to be. So now I, well, it's easy. You know, it's about a year ago that I was like, okay, the middle ground is an okay place to be, and it's about just navigating that more. Bobbing, that we sense. call it bobbing. We've got a so bobbing doing. Day, right? <laughs> and swimming, I felt was great because there's something about your kind of your own momentum pushing you forward it's good for your for my head mm. uh, so I found that really good and she was like what if you're swimming but you don't know where you're going that's the new normal right no. <laughs> this is deep <laughs> it sounds deep it sounds deep. it's not But it's like I don't know I have this thing because I'm quite driven right and you know when you're in a job that has lots of you know, lots of rules and not in the shit way that it has rules, like any normal job, you're like, these are our objectives, this is what we're gonna do. When you're freelance, you just have a completely different um, shape of, you have to, every opportunity is completely different. So I've had a year of saying yes to everything that's come my way. I was like, the best thing to do is just keep saying yes. Mm-hmm. And there was a time in the summer where it was like catastrophically busy, not catastrophically busy, but like un, I was unhappily busy. And then I have just had six weeks with like I've been teaching, which has been great, Mm -hmm. but I haven't had to sit at a computer and churn stuff out. I haven't had to deliver stuff. I've gone and sat with students and talked to them about their great work and been like, have you seen this film? Have you seen that? Like it's quite it's been really nice, but it's complete. It's like six weeks of like not having a deadline to deliver to. Mm. And I think, you know, that's actually, you know, a lot of people take that in the summer. Right. So it's it's almost like a delayed summer break.
0: That's nice, but you're still working, so it's not really a break, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's not the same kind of... It's not on set managing a photographer and three of their crew and a client. Yeah, high pressure. And signing stuff off on set, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a a completely different sort of kettle of fish.
0: Um, I wanted to ask, obviously you're kind of an encyclopedic... You've got like an encyclopedic brain of of pop culture, but where do you... Do you have sort of like a, a bank of images that you or like a re I know you do a lot of research probably for, for brands as well. Do you have like a kind of enormous bank of image references that you use for a lot of different things that you kinda of pick from to to do on the Instagram?
1: Uh yes. I think for me I have a low like what's interesting is I think of funny things a lot. Oh, my God, that's so pompous.
0: <laughs> I'm hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I make notes about what I'm thinking. Mm. Not in a, oh, God, I sound like Oscar Wilde. No, it's It's not like that at all. Observations. So I notice stuff, and I notice how I'm feeling, and I notice different things, and I do jot some of those down, but they're not always a post that needs to go out right now. Mm. So it's actually... And the same with I see pictures that I like. I'm constantly screen-grabbing stuff and saving stuff onto my desktops and looking on Tumblr and normal stuff. But I think the good posts are when the two, those two come together at the right time. Mm-hmm. So I might have, like, 20 pictures of Diana on my phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know when I'm going to post them. It's, do you know what I mean? And then the time comes and you're like, oh, that one. Well, I just had that realisation, because I've been watching The Crown, mm. and I've been like, oh, I love The Crown, and I've just... Literally realise there's going to be a Diana storyline. I, I know, <laughs> I know. And I was like, oh my god. I just. It didn't in like even three occur series, maybe? Yeah. But she's gonna play a, a. Like, even if it's just one episode.
0: I pretty much think about that all through watching The Crown. I hadn't <laughs> thought of it at all. It
1: literally just occurred to me, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this. If they
0: cast her wrong, which I don't think they will because the casting's excellent, if yeah. they cast her wrong, I'll be very upset.
1: Well, that, that um, film with her was not great. <gasps> That was not good. Oh my god, that was terrible <laughs> Unwatchable. Unwatchable. <laughs> oh, that's such a shame. God, what? That was unwatchable. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> I know.
0: Especially when films are so expensive to so I do to have pay. a
1: bank of images. Yeah. And I do have a load of witty one-liners. But also for me, it's important that um, it feels current. And I think if they, if it feels too like vintage, it's it's someone yeah. it's for some it's off off point for me. Really?
0: Do you know what is the most successful post you've ever done? Successful as in likes.
1: Yeah, the, well, I looked at my top nine, but I didn't post it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and it's a picture of Mary-Kate, or Ashley, the one who, she's standing and everyone else is chopped off. <laughs> and she's got massive shoes on and it says like when you're in year nine you get with a year 11 (laughs) I love that because also I was like that's not current at all but I that's it says so much about being in year nine when all of the girls who are developed go out with the older boys and then, lo- and do you know what I mean? It's like, such, a it so oh, yeah. such a weird time in your life. It says so much. such a weird time in your life. So relatable. So, and, and, yeah. And it's, and, but then also to look back on it and be like, that is so weird. And like not, like girls going out with older guys, wanting to go out with older men, mm, yeah. which is really normal. In this day and age, it seems really weird.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's just funny it just took me back
0: what were some of the other
1: ones oh, I can't remember um, but most of them the, the ones that do really well like the Romeo and Juliet ones people really love because mm-hmm. it just I think it's just because it's kind of a real cultural touch point I think yeah. everyone saw it yeah Monica Lewinsky ones do good too. I think... What are your... what's Do you Time have any... Hangover ones do really well because people are always hungover. And Which so like ones? Oh, hangover ones. Yeah, yeah, people really relate to hangover ones. <laughs> also, I think, you Sad. know, as part of building that programming strategy, now this, and I know it sounds like, ooh, you know, this big... This whole big business is actually trying to get the same thing that you're getting off my Instagram. That feeling that it's talking... It speaks to how you feel right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, we... Built a big strategy at Nowness about emotive programming, how people... The content you want on a Monday is different to the content you want on a Friday and trying to cater to that.
0: Yeah, I think so. Do you think um, if you were going to... The
1: mood. <laughs> mood programming. I, there must be a better way to say it. Mood programming. Mood programming. I am a mood programmer. <laughs> on Friday, people don't want like a... It cha- it, 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 do you know what? Like four years ago... When we were programming Nowness, we didn't put anything on Christmas Day because people weren't online on Christmas Day. Isn't that crazy? Now it's probably the most popular day. Exactly. So it's changed so much because people Mm. weren't on their phones on Christmas Day and now it's like, I think that's the one thing everyone's doing on Christmas Day. Do you know what I mean? It's the only thing you can do. So the sea change from being, from going to your place where you get your bloody internet from to it just being there all the time Mm. has changed the way that people consume. It's a big, Mm. like... Yeah. The yeah.
0: students that you teach, um, would you do you sort of recommend to them that they start putting out personal brands and they start being more vocal and, and start kind of you know doing Snapchat, doing Instagram, having a name for themselves online? Do you think that's something that you sh- it should be promoted, especially in art school or well, in creativity?
1: E, good question. It's a it's a tricky one because not no, I don't want to talk to them about their social media unless it's a spe- specific part of their project. Yeah. Like, like for me, my Instagram is, I really enjoy it. I like seeing it grow and build as well. So I like the momentum of, of that. But also, it's not, my job is not reliant on it. No. It's not, they're, they're exclusive, even though they kind of play off each other. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good to get a personal brand. Of course it is. but
0: it shouldn't be seen as the key to success right. or something.
1: Well, it's definitely, I think a lot of people who want to be, influencers that's a that's a tough it's a real it's a funny one for me the most influential people are those who whose lives I think are cool and I understand that for a lot of people they're the girls on the front row at fashion week do you know what I mean yeah. and I'm not I'm not anti that whatsoever but that creates a kind of a kind of culture of content right there's a certain culture of that front row culture yeah and then people are mimic like more people are wanting to be like that and brands are seeing that as access but if you're into interiors it's Apartamento, and they don't have mm. masses of followers no. but they it's quality and it's showing you stuff you really like it's covered stuff you cover mm-hmm. it's covert culture right that's the cover whole culture thing. <laughs> there it is yeah that's it <laughs> so it's about so for me if i'm working with a brand and i'd say to influencers and i see people like flinching in the meeting i'm like you just have to understand that We can just give them a new name, but they're Mm. the people that actually embody what you want to put out there without feeling like they're selling. That's the best kind of... They're the best kind of accounts Mm. that are, like, full of stuff that I think is cool that isn't trying to make me buy the stuff.
0: Well, it's a bit like why everyone used to buy magazines because it was full of stuff that was cool. It's quite simple, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was easier in a magazine. You turn the page and it was an advert and you just knew. Mm. And now it's much more... Yeah. ...intertwined.
0: Intertwined. Okay, well, I guess that's probably Is the that end. That's, that's, that's loads. That's 43 mins. Oh
1: my God.
0: That's 13 mins <laughs> over my budget. And you've got to go soon anyway. But thank oh, you not. so much.
1: Thank you for having me. Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Redundancy Radio. Big thanks to Kyle Platts for the logo. Geoff Owen for the morale boost. John Webb for checking it doesn't sound too shit. And to Wesley Gonzalez for the wonderful jingles. See you next time.